Welcome to the January 4th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is a double Seth Wednesday evening. We've got Seth Galena. We're going to talk about the two primetime games. That is on Saturday night with Jags Titans and Sunday night with Lions Packers. Someone was right about that. They may or may not be on this podcast. Uh, we also have Judah Fortgang and Tej Seth to pick our locks of the week. Let's rock. want to say i appreciate the both of you i appreciate everyone on this uh this podcast everyone that listens members of the printing press um you know who loyally come and, and hang out with us it's been really kind of clear uh brad and seth to me how lucky we are you know i think that um you know the ability to talk about such a an awesome sport that has so many awesome players and you know on on monday night like i think it was uh, you know, I have no reason to be, you know, so impacted, right? Obviously, Demar Hamlin and his family going through so much, the Bills going through so much. But I think it speaks to, you know, just how uh, how lucky we are, you know, to be able to, to talk about the sport and cover the sport and, um, you know, to be able to get on this podcast and talk about it is because of, you know, players like Demar Hamlin who leave, you know, put their lives on the line literally every time they play the game. So, um, you know, we're going to do the podcast because, um, you know, we're we're going to play football again. It looks like there's positive news coming out about Demar Hamlin. And, you know, that's that's why we're here doing it. Um, this may be one of the less light podcasts uh, that, that we do. And I think that's that's rightfully so. But, um, you know, if you haven't already, there's an opportunity to donate to, um, you know, his GoFundMe, his toy drive. It's really cool to learn about what a good person uh, he is and what influential work he's done in the community. We encourage all members of the printing press and listeners of the podcast uh, to, to do that. And of course, our, our thoughts and prayers um, are with his family and, and the bills. Um, Brad, Seth, I don't know if you guys have anything to add. I'm sure you guys do because you're more eloquent than I am. Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to say we come on here and obviously we talk football, we talk gambling and scheme and all these various different things. And like you said, we're going to do that. Obviously, maybe more of a muted tone today, but and I just want folks to realize, like, yes, we're a football grading company, but it's about the people first. We wouldn't have our jobs without people like Damar Hamlin. Um, and we know that. And it was a surreal, weird 72 hours for everyone, of course. But I think it was the easier decision I've seen is just like to not do anything and just only focus and care about, you know, Damar Hamlin's recovery and, and him getting better, because that is really all that matters right now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just we are lucky. We're very lucky to be able to do this. And uh, we're all pulling for him. I think, you know, when I'm watching what's going on on Monday Night Live and they're cutting to the studio and I'm on Twitter and people are saying, you know, take, you know, these guys shouldn't be talking. We should just go, you know, go to a commercial or 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 just look end the coverage. And I think, and I'm not saying we're at the level of ESPN and, and millions of people are watching us or listening to us, but I think that, that when I was there on Monday night, I thought it was cathartic to just listen to these people. And, I, and no one had any good thing. No one, no one was prepared for this. No one knew what to say. We just, everyone was coming from, from, you know, their, their hearts basically in the, in that moment. And I thought it was cathartic just to like, you just want to hang on to something you're hoping for good news 
so I think like, you know, doing a podcast, like people want to listen to us. People are looking for us as an escape. The game is an escape. Mm-hmm. This podcast an escape as well so i think um i'm not saying we're, we're doing god's work here i'm just saying you know like the, we're going to talk about football i think it's important to to keep people's spirits up in a time like this because it's really um really sad thing that's happened i also want to say i hope there there is a change by the nfl you know i i heard i don't know his name i saw it, i've never seen this guy before he, i think he's a host of locked on browns or locked on Bengals. i think browns and I saw a, t- a Twitter clip that went viral of him. I really I should go look up his name. I will after, but talking about the issues with the NFL and their, the money they give to players, whether it's pension, whether it's from the CTE and the concussion mm-hmm. stuff. And hopefully, and I understand this is a freak accident, but hopefully the NFL can change his tune and start actually paying players what they deserve after giving their bodies to this game, which is what they do for our entertainment. So I hope that this can be a catalyst the, the catalysts like this are never come from a place of positivity. It's always a place of negativity. A player has to, you know, leave the field uh, on a, on an ambulance, but hopefully down the line, this can be a change for good. Well said. Um, speaking of a change for good, Seth, your hair. <laughs> a change for good. It's... We had to get one, one, one call out. You want to show the people for anyone watching on YouTube, like, it was so fresh, the the new haircut that. Oh, look at that! That's a segue right there. Look at that fade. Connects to the beard too. Yes, gives, gives new meaning to the word sharp. <laughs> which, uh, so, which is, if I'm not going to be sharp with my picks, I might as well yeah. be sharp on top here with the haircut. Um, Titans Jags. This was um, what we thought was going to be the Sunday night game. Um, we co- correctly, or not, we thought people thought we correctly predicted on this podcast that it was going to be lions Packers. It didn't take, it doesn't deserve a pat on the back. Cause it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that Aaron Rodgers win and in is a little more enticing than Joshua Dobbs on the road as a six point underdog, maybe even a little light to, uh, to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. But this is basically a win and in game. Um, winner will win the division. The Jags can still make it. Um, with uh, a series of other events that that happen. So, um, Brad, is it it's so the Patriots would need to lose uh, Patriots Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's it now because the Jets and Dolphins lost last week. I think it right. actually is that that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. So, you know, there's a possibility there that they could still get in. Um, as I mentioned, it is Jags by six total at forty. Um, and, uh, Seth, I'm sure you have copious notes on Josh Dobbs. Uh, well, oh, uh, <laughs> no, are you going to, were you going to go somewhere else? Did you think there was a different, no, I'm kidding. What, what, what is the, like, you know, Josh Dobbs is not as good as Trevor Lawrence. So is there either a matchup on the Titans side that could actually, you know, swing this from a spread perspective or, or even help them win the game? Or do you actually see, ah, the Jaguars have, you know, the clear mismatch and that's where we would look. The the first thing I'll say is now there's not going to be, I believe that going forward, the NFL will more likely pick a Trevor Lawrence football game. Now going against Aaron Rodgers is tough in this spot, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's going to be a lot of chances to p- go away from Trevor Lawrence with the way he's played the last two months. If they make the playoffs, they will be a, 
there'll be a big pick to win double digits. I think next year, I think there already will be a, a yeah. big pick to win double double digits next year. There are going to be a fun offense with Trevor Lawrence. So this is the last time we're ever going to be, he, he'll be relegated. I think, I think probably with the matchup stuff, the Jaguars offensive line versus the Titans defensive line, they rested a lot of their players against the Cowboys on Thursday night, hopefully to be at full strength. They've had a good D line over the, uh, over this, um, this season when they've been healthy, the Nico Autry's have a good year. Obviously Jeffrey Simmons have a, a great year. One of the best defensive linemen in the, in the league. So I think, that could be now the Jacks have been better on the offensive line than I think a lot of us would have thought. Now they did invest a little bit, you know, obviously getting Brandon Scherf this, this off season, he's been a solid pickup for them. Juwan Taylor's played better than he's probably ever played. Cam, Cam Robinson on the side has been, been, you know, solid, let's say. Um, it's just the, the other guards part, you have Fortner, you have Shatley. That could be a problem for them with penetration from the interior of the defensive line. So I think that would be the one place where I think uh, the Titans could could um, slow them down. Yeah, uh, we obviously, like you said, we didn't know it was going to be uh, Jaguars, Titans, or Packers, Lions. So uh, flying off my seat here with this one. But I do have a question for you on Jags, Titans, and it's not about Josh Dobbs. I know you prepared mostly <sighs> Josh Dobbs notes. but What a bummer. Uh, yeah, so – when you are bringing a backup quarterback that, you know, they signed him off the street like two weeks ago, um, not even impacting passing, but how does that impact selling play action and selling misdirection and kind of the little wrinkles that maybe a guy like a Ryan Tannehill can, can work on those little intricacies over the course of a couple of seasons? Yeah. I mean, I think with Tannehill, the thing that kind of has separated him of being, you know, let's say the best of the of the play action quarterbacks, and that that dero- that derogatory term that I'm using there, but is his timing and and his um, footwork in the pocket. It, it is elite level. He gets the ball off on time. He's not wasting movement. He can throw right away at the end of his drop back. There's no um, you know momentum issues or anything like that. And Dobbs certainly doesn't have that. Now I did think he played like okay. He certainly is a better choice, I think, than Malik Willis, especially the way that they want to run that offense. It just there was a clash there between Malik Willis, you know, play style and um, the way they want to do things. So Dobbs is better for that. They're going to go under center. They can do that stuff. He tried some balls down the field that maybe Tannehill wouldn't have tried. I don't know. So, you know, Tannehill is an elite player within structure within you know in, in with the, like i said with the timing stuff dobbs is not that so like in in terms of the play action in terms of misdirection all, all that stuff that that can be a factor there but i think i think there's a chance you know he, he got his feet wet against dallas dallas is a, has a good defense and, and he made a couple of plays um but it, it'll be tough i think um I was trying to think about how I could work in another Josh Dobbs question in here, but uh, I don't think I can. Um, is there an angle here, Seth, that you like from a betting perspective? Yeah, I like Trevor Lawrence over 250 passing yards. I think it would be interesting. Uh, just looking at it now, I, I let me look at the line. You said the line was six? Yep. yep. Yeah, I would take the, the Jaguars and, and take it. Uh, minus six because you know the titans have have issues church burks might not play this week he was out injured today he didn't practice so 
there's not a lot of guys left on that Titans offense to really threaten them a lot. The Jaguars defense has has played pretty well in the last month or two. Um, not against great quarterbacks, but they have played well. So I, I like Jaguars minus six. Bradley? Yeah, so also the way you could have worked it in was, is Josh Jobs the best rocket scientist NFL quarterback of mm. all time? I think he's the GOAT. I think he's number one there. Um, so my angle here is kind of, I think, counterintuitive to what people think. It's kind of being contrarian. But the Jaguars are actually eighth in EPA per rush allowed this season. They obviously invested a ton at linebacker with not only Devin Lloyd, but also Foye Lukun, Chad Muma. They made a bunch of investments there. Um, and up front on the D-line, and I think it has paid off at least against the run. So maybe looking at some Derrick Henry unders. I'm sure everyone's going to look at this and say, well, they're playing Josh Dobbs. They're going to run Derrick Henry a thousand times. Yeah, they probably want to, but it's a good run defense, A, and the game script might work against that where they kind of have to go away from the run because they're down and trying to make a comeback throwing to Chigo Okonkwo is who's the guy they're going to be throwing to all day long. But anyway, that's that's my thoughts there. So Chico Okonkwo, what's his – uh I think it's 22 and a half is his um, receptions yardage total. Are you going over there? Is that what you're saying? I was kidding, but yes, we love it. We, this is the Chickaconquo podcast, uh, a okay. future legend out of Maryland. Uh, he know he's jokes aside. He's been awesome. He's yeah. been kind of eating into Austin Hooper's workload and he has a yards after the catch and like force missed tackle machine. They were using my jet sweeps and they do everything with him. Um, I think they will get him heavily involved. There actually was a quote today from, uh, I think head coach Mike Vrabel saying this game is about getting targets to uh, Traylon Burks and Chico Okonkwo. So I love that. I love you. So sorry. Well, you I, um, last week Titans game against Dallas, I hit on a Traylon Burks over fourteen and a half longest reception. I think it was fourteen and a half. And I think this is a game. And I said this off the top of my head, so I don't know the numbers, but I think this is a game where you're looking at that from the Titans perspective it, there's going to be two or three big shots off play action we saw it to to I think it was Westbrook Akini down the field um, early in the game off play action the, the trail and Burks one hit when he, he kind of tightrope down the sideline so I think there could be a longest reception over um, just look into that if you're if you're if you're into betting I so I'm all in on the Chike Okonkwo reception yardage total let me read you the reception yardage totals for Mr. Okonkwo, 23, 54, 45, 68, 31, 48. And Go that's ahead. on like 20 snaps and two targets. I'm yeah. not even kidding. That's what he's been doing it with. And now I think they're going to use him more. Uh, so, yeah, I like that one for sure. Yeah. So I'm riding with uh, with Okonkwo there. I, I love that. Um, I think from a spread perspective, like just – you know, if I had to take uh, one side of this, I am tempted Titans. Uh, I thought Dobbs looked fine. The Jags aren't as winning in as the Titans are. And uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm rolling with the Cockwell. Okay, let's go to uh, Sunday night. Packers and Lions. Now, just to be clear, the Lions could already be eliminated. Heaven forbid, going into this game, um, our anticipation, and it looks like the market's anticipation, is also that the Lions will be playing hard in this game. Green Bay favored by four and a half in Green Bay. Lions eight and eight, Packers eight and eight, Lions 11 five against spread, Packers eight and eight against the spread. Of course, the Packers have 
been on a hot streak. They've won four straight. They've also covered in each of those games. Um, and because of that, they have continued to earn the respect of the market. The question is set. Have they earned your respect? I think so. I like some of the stuff that they're doing. They, you know, last week against the Vikings, we saw them double team Justin Jefferson as much as they could. I mean, it's not always as easy, simple as say, well, he's there. So two guys are on him and that's it. But they did. Justin Jefferson got open, I will say. And we had a Kirk game. And that's why the Vikings didn't score a lot of points, at least early, or at least it was a blowout early. Um, taking check downs. I mean, they're, uh, not to get too, uh, um, not to digress too much, but there's a touchdown for Justin Jefferson on the fourth and two, I believe, then where the game was still pretty close, and the interception return goes the other way for a touchdown on the batted ball, and Justin Jefferson's wide open, and Kirk just doesn't want to. He just wants to get the ball out of his hand. He throws to, to Hawkinson. Hawkinson compounds a bad decision by running a bad route. The ball gets tipped in the air, et cetera, et cetera. So. Like they did, but the Packers did what they could. Not playing a lot of man. Um, that's kind of been their thing since the uh since their bye week. They're up in quarter, quarter, half, half, quarter, quarter, just regular quarter stuff. They've been doing that a lot more, just kind of keep everything in front of them. Back to seeing, you know, with with both Quay Walker and Devonta Campbell healthy, back to them being on the field together, stopping to run a little bit better. So they often just been better on defense. On offense, obviously trying to get Christian Watson the ball. Um, down the field a lot. I think uh, they just do everything in their power to get this guy a touchdown every single, every drive almost, almost. And when I look at the game that ended, I think 15 to eight in week nine, I see a game where the Packers moved the ball down the field pretty easily the first quarter, first quarter and a half, and had two really fluke plays in the end zone. A tip ball interception on an RPO, and then they tried their little wacky throwback to David Bakhtiari, which and he's open and and Rogers just misses him. Like they're kind of two fluke plays. So I look at that and I think the Packers probably weren't as bad as eight points, and, and they've been kind of okay for a bit, but getting those losses kind of out of the way, and now they have a four game winning streak. Now, with that said. Four-game winning streak, um, Justin Fields, a bad Kirk Cousins game, a bad Tua game. You know, it's, it just hasn't been the quarterback play that they played against that has been very good. But you get the wins. You're in this situation. You have Aaron Rodgers. You're you're good to go. Yeah. So, we, uh, George, Ben and I actually discussed this a little bit, but you're the QB guru. Wanted to get your thoughts. Um, you know, the Lions had the Rams pick, should be a top 10 pick this year. And they're probably not picking top 10 again next year. At least they hope they aren't. Do they have to strike a quarterback if it comes up? Has Jared Goff done enough? What would you do at quarterback if you're the Lions? Yeah, I'm probably taking a quarterback there. <laughs> Are we going to do this every three years with Jared Goff? Like, I, that's what I'm afraid of. Like, he's been uh, this player, and the Rams gave him a lot of money, and then it back would kind of backfire. Obviously, look, they went to a Super Bowl. They're they're a quarter away from winning a Super Bowl with him. I get that. But to a certain degree, it backfired, and you had to trade him, and you had to give a lot of picks away mm -hmm. when you traded him. And you don't want to get in that situation again. So I think they're he's played well. I think he has supported a lot. Ben Johnson as a play caller has been excellent. Eminem Ross St. Brown is a number one receiver. The offensive line, the running game has been really good. They're kind of rounding out that receiving core now, and it looks really interesting with a vertical outside guy like Chark. You have Emin Ra, uh St. Brown in the slot, kind of getting open no matter what. And then 
adding in slowly the speed of your first round pick, Jameson Williams. So a lot, really good supporting cast. And he has played better in certain situations than he has in the past, but I'm not ready to just say like, well, his EPA per play is really good. Therefore he's really good. Or is even his PFF grade is really good. Therefore he'll be good again next year. So take quarterback. You have two picks. Like, you said, Brad, they're not going to be picking in the first round again, assuming they're continue on continue on what they're doing this year. You have another pick after it'll be 18th or something like that. Good, go take go take another player in that uh, in, in that pick, but probably looking to get in quarterback right now. And if Goff is the guy, then okay, good, great. You wait, so you took a quarterback in the first round. He's on a rookie contract. You know, you you get a Jordan Love. Like, who cares, right? Like at the end of the day, like. If your quarterback is great, I don't care who else you other bad decisions you made. You got you you got away with it by having a good quarterback. But I think you should take the you should take the quarterback early in the first round because I don't think that's going to happen with Jared Goff. Uh, Brad, could you trade Goff? Yeah, definitely. And I think they would look into it. Um, fairly modest deal because, like you said, got traded, so all the bonus money stayed in LA. It's like twenty five mm-hmm. a year for the next two years. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are teams that would probably be you know in the market for that type of deal. Yeah, it's uh, about 20 base with a uh, 5 mil um, uh, bonus. Uh, each of top years. of the dome. I know golf just, cash, cash flow for 2023. Look at that. Just absolutely incredible. His cap number 30 and 31 um, each of the next two seasons. Has a 71 PFF grade, 115 pass rating from a clean pocket. Like, you know, yeah. you, you don't win games with EPA per play, but like you kind of do, <laughs> uh, you know, actually. So yeah. Um, the, I, I think it's interesting. And I think, uh, you know, just to say what I, I mean, I would leverage the hell out of the fact that he's been serviceable and there are some teams that could use Jared Goff as a, as a quarterback. So, um, that said, let's, uh, let's make some picks on this game. I'll go first. Here's my strategy with this one. I, I am going to wait. The Seahawks are a six and a half point favorite when they win, when they beat Los Angeles. Now, maybe they don't cover, but they win. I would expect this line to move a little bit. Like I'm just expecting that news to impact this line. And then I'm going to bet the lions. If I, if it doesn't, and I don't get the lions at anything better than that, then so be it, but I'll take them at four and a half if I have to, um, just to, just to feel something in, in this game. Um, and, uh, and, and go from there, but that's my play. Brad, what about you? I could not agree more. I, I was going to say it almost sarcastically, but look, they're going to play this game balls to the wall, no matter what, you know, playoffs or not. Keeping the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs is a Detroit Lions Super Bowl. They might actually make a, a banner in Ford yes. Field if they do it. So um, I just that yeah, like I, and and I would say on a more general point, you look across the league. There's been a lot of value on boards, and there still could be. We took Minnesota minus one and a half. They're minus eight right now. Like I'm not sure what bookmakers were trying to do with who's going to rest guys, who's not. But anyway, keep an eye on all those things. Um, I also. If the, if the Lions are only playing for fun, whatever, maybe look into the over. I know it was a super low-scoring game last time, but like you mentioned, Seth, there were some flukiness down in the red zone. There also was no Jamison Williams and barely a Christian Watson at this point. Now both those guys are, you know, becoming focal points of these offenses. And I can just – I just see a Christian Watson double move getting a corner to bite. Like, I can picture it right now. So maybe look into for a longest reception for him as well. If I could bet – over 0.5 Christian Watson double moves. I would put my life <laughs> savings on it. Hammer it. <laughs> Hammer yeah. that. You got to uh, put that line out. Gotta... <laughs> they they try to get this guy in a double move 
like I said, like once a half. And they, they even got Dobbs on a double move. So, so because of what we're saying about how, you know, two healthy speedsters on the field, fluky interceptions in the red zone, the Lions only had 21 passing yards off play action in this week nine game. And they are dominating teams on play action. That probably won't happen again. They'll probably figure out a way to get the ball down the field off play action again. It seems high, but I'd like a over 49. And it's interesting because I was just looking at PFF green line on pff.com. Mm-hmm. And the cash, 97% of the cash is on under 49, which I understand. 49 is a high number, and the game just played out at 15 to 8. But these are two really good offenses. The Lions are really good offense. The Packers can be a really good offense. I think it goes over 49. The PFF grade ranks for the corners for the Detroit Lions 85th, 76th, and 66th. So this is this has Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing three touchdown passes. Everyone's saying, ah, oh, you know, Christian Watson's for real, written all over it and over um, going along with it. Seth, I'm excited about the fact that we have playoff games coming and you're looking, I, I think your pet peevishness is reaching an all-time high. So get you out of here as we normally do, your pet peeve of the week, of the regular season, so to speak. Well, so I, I looked up the opposite of what a pet peeve is it's a mm-hmm. someone wrote a, a soft spot oh um and I, I just really liked me and brad were talking about it before the podcast i really liked the aiden hutchison interception that he had mm-hmm. at the end of the half against the bears if you go watch it again they rush zero players they put two defensive ends on the sideline to to try and tackle the ball carrier inbounds because i guess the the, the Bears didn't have any timeouts left, and it worked. And, he threw, and then Fields threw the ball right to a defensive end who was standing there on the sideline. So kudos to them. I mean, you know, it's funny, those end-of-half scenarios, everyone has their own idea about them. Generally, you're thinking, well, we're just going to rush our four guys. Everyone goes back in the end zone, and then we play it out like that. Some teams will say, hey, we're going to blitz you and get the and get the ball out quick because we know you have to get to the end zone and we're not going to let you get to the end zone with a throw because we're going to be under pressure. And this was the complete opposite. And this wasn't even a three-man rush or a two-man rush. This was a zero-man rush. And I appreciate that from the Detroit Lions, who have generally been not good on defense, but um, at least that play, they were very good. The Bears O-line still got minus grade on the uh, on the zero pass rush. I, I was checking uh, Ultimate earlier. It was still uh, minus ones across the board, unfortunately. <laughs> It's uh, I'm just so happy so, that that Seth has matured into a soft spot from a pet peeve. Yeah, that's really what we need. I'm, I had a good holiday, so we're good. Yeah, and because of the haircut. Uh, Seth, we always appreciate it. You can go find him at PFF underscore Seth on Twitter. You can go read some of his really just hard to read work on PFF.com. Don't recommend that. Would, would stick to social media where it's far easier to get through. Um, but we always enjoy having you. And uh, we're looking forward to the playoffs. Thank you, buddy. See you guys. Want to remind you all, fine folks, that you can go to pff.com or the PFF app and get yourself a PFF Plus subscription just in time for draft season. No one does it better. Free agency season. I mean, come on. We have the guy himself right here. He knows Jared Goff's contract by the back, the back of his hand here. Uh, and of course, PFF Greenline Player Props Tool and Best Bets Tool can all be yours. 
for less than eight bucks a month. It's a ridiculously good deal. And with promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T, you'll get 20% off. So go make that happen ASAP. And with those savings, you can improve your shavings at Manscaped. I'm just on the roll here. Manscaped.com, promo code forecast, and you will be able to look better, feel better, have more confidence and do so at a discount. Forecast 20, sorry, 20% off plus free shipping. I use it at, you're a well-manicured guy, Brad. You can tell by the facial hair. Are you, have you gotten the gift of Manscaped yet? I have the, uh, I have a trimmer. I do okay. for, for okay. my, because uh, my I'll send you one. That's how much I appreciate the product. And, you know, members of the printing press need to, need to have high confidence. The it is, it is quality. I can attest. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't use it if it wasn't um, the platinum package 4.0. Uh, is the perfect thing to get yourself ready. If you're going to go to the gym, you know, all you people out there who now have some routine where you're going to the gym, infringing on my gym space, please at least clean yourself up. You know, no one wants a six pack in a forest. So go get it up in at manscaped.com promo code forecast 20, 20% off and free shipping. It's a wonderful combination. Also, Western and Southern, they're our pick to get your money right, whether it is figuring out how you're going to save for a home, a child, retirement, or you just want to be better with your money. Western and Southern has a game plan tailor-made for you. Go to westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Now is a good time to do this. The start of the year is start of a really challenging year. Go make it happen at Western and Southern. Last but not least, underdog and underdog fantasy. You think that the fantasy season over. It is not. In fact, I believe our good friend, Pat Corain. I think he's going to win $2 million. <laughs> uh, it depends on how the, the Bengals um, Bills game ends up getting kind of figured out, but go to underdog. You can legitimately win a ton of money at underdog. The gauntlet is open. It's playoff best ball tournaments, $1 million in total prizes, hundred K to first place. And all you have to do is draft your team, sit back and relax. Use promo code PFF and you get your first deposit up to $100 totally matched. Um, go make it happen. All right. Our good friend, Judah Fortin. Uh, in the middle of the Seth sandwich comes on and talks uh, alt lines and live game strategy. It's going to be a lot of fun when we get to the, the playoffs because all the games are standalone and like the opportunities are massive. I'm very excited for that. Um, so, but we have one more week um, and uh, lots of opportunities there with the games that, that are still, that are still going to matter. By the way, you can find all of Judah's great, uh, content both on pff.com and the pff app and on social media at throw the damn ball um, does a live stream where he talks about his live strategy and live trading it is a must listen um, he is a member of the pff printing press discord which is also a huge addition go make sure you get uh, yourself involved there as well judah welcome um why don't you start us off with uh, your alt uh, spreads that you were thinking about yeah, it almost feels like deja vu coming on here and uh, going with a passing prop and spread against the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Of course, we we cashed that last week with uh, Dak Prescott, uh, and I'm going to be looking to attack the same spot this week. I'm going to start with uh, Trevor Lawrence, 250 passing yards, which is right at his prop, and the Jags minus five and a half. You can get that at plus 250 on DraftKings. Uh, and I'm going to look to scale that uh, kind of with some maybe 275, 300 passing yards, uh, and some bigger alt spreads, especially when FanDuel uh, releases their their pricing. I think the case is relatively straightforward. It's similar to what we talked about last week. 
Uh, the Tennessee defense is the biggest pass funnel, meaning that they uh, invite teams to pass against them more than any other. They're number one in EPA against the run, number one in success rate. Teams pass 4% uh, over expected against them. And as a result, they allow 280 yards passing uh, a game, which is the uh, highest number in the, in the league. We also know that Doug Peterson is totally unafraid uh, to kind of use that one matchup angle uh, and leverage that. Uh, Lawrence threw 42 times uh, in their in their previous matchup. I don't see why. Uh, in a game with such high stakes, you uh, won't do the exact same thing. And of course, uh, there, there isn't much more to add uh, that hasn't already been said about Lawrence, but just to reiterate, basically over the second half of the season, he's been a top five quarterback by by any measure. He's top five in PFF grade. He's second in big time throws. He's sixth in EPA per play. Whatever it is, he's up there uh, in the efficiency. And uh, the Jaguars are, are, I think, the better team. We know how they're going to attack. Uh, and I want to use that uh, prop and spread to kind of capitalize on that. Yeah, so Judah, you obviously keep tabs on everything. Uh, like George mentioned, check out the PFF Discord. Uh, you're not on demand in there, but we'll, of course, be bugging you and picking your brain uh, for various spots. But I know you also have something else in mind this week, keeping tabs on uh, as it relates to player contracts. Yeah, uh, so I think incentives uh, is a very interesting way uh, to kind of capitalize on something I don't know is necessarily impressed by the market. Uh, I want to categorize almost two spots here. The first are teams that don't have that much to play for. Say uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Two come to mind. Gerald Everett needs, I think, five more catches to reach $250,000 in incentives, right? The Chargers don't really have much to play for, especially if the Ravens are uh, sitting there, guys. Uh, they're probably going to keep Gerald Everett in for as long as uh, he can get those catches, and it would be totally unsurprising to see them pepper uh, Gerald Everett with targets. Similar with DeAndre Carter. He needs two catches, right? He's not necessarily a full-time player, but we could be seeing a prop that's over one and a half receptions. Uh, they probably want to just, uh, you know, spoon him on a screen or something so he can uh, get that uh, incentive. That's something we see fairly often in the last week of the season. Uh, then I create kind of a separate category, which is something you really have to monitor, which are teams that do have something to play for, uh, which in theory could be the Lions, let's say. Uh, where Khalif Raymond needs seven catches uh, and 50 yards. Uh, if they have something to play for, uh, I'm not sure they're going to be, you know, feeding Khalif Raymond uh, the ball. But if not, right, if they're down, it's the fourth quarter. Uh, they know their season's over. It would be unsurprising to, for, to see them kind of call a couple deep shots uh, to Raymond. That's something I want to capitalize on. Of course, as as Brad mentioned, uh, all of this is I, I took from the uh, the PFF Discord. Uh, that's something to to join and uh, monitor kind of those those lines. Yeah, for the pricing in, as far as I can tell, look, people are putting it out there. Obviously, we're talking about it. But I mean, these are contract incentives buried in these, you know, 100 page deals that are on, you know, like like the market doesn't have, I don't know, clear, easy access to these things. So I'm not entirely sure there may be something we should we'll, we'll monitor and keep tabs on if some of those guys prop, you know, numbers are kind of way off their season averages, stuff like that. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on. Last not, but certainly not least, as always your live view of this weekend and any live plays you got for us. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking at the Rams Seahawks game again. It's very difficult this week, kind of teasing out who's playing, who's not. I think this is a game where both teams are going to play. This Rams game is no different than any of the past, you know, four or five Rams Rams games. They've been out for a while. And obviously Seattle has a lot to play for. Uh, so I think it's pretty interesting in that uh, the Seahawks have been very good scripted uh, and they're generally uh, very good at kind of getting ahead and the Rams are pretty slow uh, to, to start games. So what I'm looking for here is assuming Seattle gets out to a lead. I'm looking for Cam Akers over rushing yards. Uh, I'm looking for the Rams on the comeback uh, and perhaps even the game total under. And here's why uh, the Rams, 
right? Markets are just going to price in, okay, team's down, let's pa- get the passing props, the team's going to start to pass. Uh, but the Rams actually run about 7% more uh, than expected when they're down by a score. Uh, we actually saw this a bit last week. Didn't really work so well. Uh, but against the Seattle front, that is uh, bottom five in yards per carry over the past couple of weeks, bottom seven in rushing PA over the course of the season. I'd expect them to stick with the run, have some success doing so, uh, and kind of slow the game down, and I think they'd be able to come back. Conversely, the Seahawks are one of the worst teams protecting leads. Uh, they've got a 31% success rate when they're leading at a negative 0.12 EPA. To give some context over the course of a season, that 31% success rate would be 7% worse uh, than the Houston Texans, who are last in that category. 0.2, uh, the 0.12, negative 0.12 EPA uh, would have them between the Broncos and Colts. They're an absolute disaster trying to protect leads. Uh, so I think that invites room for the, the Rams to kind of uh, lean on Cam Akers coming back, the game to just not run too many plays, not have a lot of success. Uh, and the the Rams to potentially cover uh, some live spreads. Also, I mean, we talk about incentives. Baker Mayfield has, you know, forget incentives. He has those, mm-hmm. but also, you know, guys are playing for, for offseason money and contracts and all that. So, yeah, I think we've, we've talked about the Rams a bit. But I, I love all those uh, those ideas there. And, and of course, the, uh, the scripted off scripted for the Seahawks. Uh, you know, you bring the heat as always. That game is going to be such a treat. And I just, I really can't wait for it. We're going to talk about it, I think, in the, uh, in the locks of the week segment, but I've just, Judah, I'm so sick and tired of the people whining and complaining on the social media crusaders about the unfairness that has beset the poor Seahawks who had no business even being in contention for the playoffs at the beginning of the year. And now they should be, you know, they should be uh, served on bended knee to make sure they have as fair an opportunity to get in with the lions playing at the same time as them, as if Dan Campbell isn't going to try and bite knee gaps off regardless of what happens. So um, I love that, uh, that angle. Um, It's interesting in week 18, you know, thinking generally about teams that are really good, who might get down early and then, you know, come back like the chiefs or the bills Um, you know, you might be able to bet a live over or whatever it might be. Week 18 is a little bit different because the incentive structure is just not quite correct. Right. And so I think I'm going to be looking for, playoffs to really leverage some of this live betting but i think it's cool to find some of these opportunities like the rams and the seahawks where you can profit off that maybe in a way that people haven't been thinking about um as much frequently but we're gonna we're gonna have to really print uh during the during the playoffs gonna be fun that's right and i also just say that live props are are your friend especially if you're paying attention just who's on the field that's true no matter the motivations uh, and there's there's opportunity there uh, for sure. But as you say, the playoffs are going to be awesome. I'm so excited. It, it was actually something I was thinking about, and we can uh, spend a couple minutes on this. You, I think, bet live as much as anyone I know. I'm sure, sure there are other people out there that, that do it a lot. What is the data that, that you're looking at? And I ask this from a, you know, kind of from a product perspective. Like if you were looking for something, you know, some information that you had, let's say, in your sports book, right? That like, you know, you could, you could leverage or next to your sports book that you could leverage. Is it something as simple as like player participation data live during the game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I've had Ben feed me uh kind of live routes run. It's been especially true for running backs and receiving props because they're so low and you can just like basically capitalize on one catch. Uh, and it's like, Oh, James Cook is actually getting the receiving work today. Uh, he's got 14 uh, receiving routes run and Devin Singletary has only got six. But the market's still kind of pressing the inverse, like uh, go bet James Cook. 
that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, there are a bunch of kind of angles like that, as simple as just like feeding in routes because the market doesn't have access to that. Uh, or even just paying attention to if it's not, if you don't have access to the data, just like sometimes the team is targeting a very specific angle. Thursday night football, Jets, uh, Jaguars. Evan Ingram was clearly a huge part of the game plan. They were just going to give him some quick passes. Like you're, you don't need ac- like access to any crazy information to see that like clearly they're emphasizing him uh, and just like go bet some Evan Ingram over props. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, well, coming to a uh, PFF tool nearest you will be uh, will be live data at some point here. Um, Judah, always a pleasure. At Throw the Damn Ball is where you can find him. Um, thank you so much for your time every single week, and we will see you for the playoffs next week. Our good friend, Tej Seth, it is time to pick the last regular season locks of the week. Uh, we squawk, uh, squeaked through, I should say, three and one last week. Teasers came through. Um, the only people that did not come through were Kirk Cousins and his disgusting Vikings. I'm sure we won't go back to the well there. Um, okay. Uh, locks of the week. We'll start with you, Tej. What is your first bet? Yeah. No, thanks again for having me on. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on getting possibly the best closing line value of the year on Vikings minus one and a half. That's moved all the way to seven and a half now with Thank the you. news that the Bears are, are starting Nathan Peterman. So that that's pretty cool to see. I'm, I hope a lot of people tailed that as usual. So uh, first, first bet that I have here is a first half bet. I'm going to go with Chiefs Raiders over 26 and a half in the first half. And when you watch this Raiders team, they play the same game every week where they start off really well in the first half. They sometimes even take the lead and they kind of like fade down the rest of the game. And so, you know, I like, you know, if you're going to take first half Raiders, maybe trying to look for some live betting opportunities on Saturday when this game is played and the data backs us up. The, the chiefs rank second in offensive EPA per play in the first half this season and the Raiders rank ninth in offensive EPA per play in the first half. So I could see a lot of points in this one. Uh, on on Saturday, and I, I think it should be a pretty fun, interesting game there, uh, at least, you know, until Mahomes takes over in the second half. I like that a lot. We talked about the full game total. Uh, we put an article. We got some closing line value there as well, uh, just to shout that out. But I, I like the angle of the first half, just, you know, in case things happen around the league or whatever. Um, so my first bet, going back to the teaser well, you should have seen it yes. coming. So <laughs> the Jaguars, it was six and a half when I said this. I guess it's six now. You can still do it. Get it down to a flat zero. Um, I am a little bit afraid of that spread. I think they are going to win this game, but you get the Titans off of Thursday night. They rested a ton of players, and we all know about Mike Vrabel and all that. So I think the Jaguars will win, but six is a bit rich. And then my favorite teaser team in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns are plus two and a half once again, going up against Pittsburgh Steelers. Just like the Lions, maybe a little bit different, but beating the Steelers to keep them out of the playoffs is also a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. They played better. They've gotten better on offense every week with Watson in the fold. So, yeah, plus eight and a half on Cleveland and a pick them for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Need to close out uh, strong here. We're 25, uh, 20, 26, uh, 15 and one on our locks of the week since this trio has come together. I think we can get, I think our goal should be to get, you know, to 30, 30 and 15 would be great uh, if we can make it there. So no pressure whatsoever. Um, I'm going to Tasia's game, Chiefs Raiders. Every single week, m- most weeks, if you bet early enough, you can get Patrick Mahomes passing touchdown profit plus money. You can still do that right now. Over two and a half passing touchdowns is plus 106. Um, in, in most places, you can find it for plus money. 
it was a little bit better earlier today when I when I grabbed it. Um, I was actually alerted to it. Um, I was checking out some of the new updates on the, on the PFF app and uh, it was like our highest graded bet. So I was like, ah, good. Thank you for the reminder. But to, to Tej and Brad's point, the Raiders defense stinks, but I actually like Jared Stidham. I thought he played well and they might put up some points here. And so I like, I like the chiefs having to kind of keep things going and, and playing in this game. Um, and, and if so, I think Patrick Mahomes uh, over two and a half, uh, rightfully so has a large, uh, a large edge. I mean, you look at the um, cornerbacks for the, uh, the Raiders, you have Robertson and Hobbs each with PFF grades below 65. You look at the middle of the field, they're linebackers, 29.7 PFF grade and 32 PFF grade. So Travis Kelsey over the middle should be, should be a nice little piece there. So that's my first one. Tej, number two from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, Brad, you know, something we need to study this offseason is why these backup quarterbacks do so well in the first couple of games when they come in. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy how well Stidham did and Minchu did the week before and just this entire season so far. So I really like that bet, George, there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Packers minus four and a half on Sunday night football. Uh, I, I like them to cover, I, you know, if you want to just take the money line to be safer, I, I would like that as well. And before I let my emotions get into it from a data perspective, uh, I think like the Packers season kind of turned around with that week 10 win over the Cowboys where we kind of saw their passing offense get going. And, you know, we see in a lot of these games, these high pressure games lately, uh, the past couple of years with Aaron Rodgers, he would target Devontae Adams. And if Adams wasn't open, he wouldn't know what to do with the ball. With Adams not there, we, we're really seeing him spread the ball around right now with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Alan Lazard. And the Lions just don't have the secondary pieces to cover the, what the Packers offense has to provide. And since that week 10 mark, the, the Packers offense ranked sixth in EPA per drop back. I think Rodgers lives for these games. As Brad knows, he, he loves to take apart NFC North opponents in these types of games. And I think the Packers defense, especially their past defense, is also playing well right now. And they get Jared Goff outdoors in the cold where he usually doesn't do well and he hasn't done well uh, in an away game basically this whole season. So I see a lot of just kind of ways for the Packers to win this game. And then from the motivation standpoint, if the Seahawks win at 4 o'clock and the Lions players know about it, they might not be fully into this game because there are, there were games this season where they weren't fully into when they got blown out by the Patriots and the Panthers, both games on the road. So I could see that happening as well in this game. All right. Oh I'm God. jumping into uh, probably the only one I'll give out here, but as everyone knows, there's contract incentives across the yes. NFL. Players can earn bonuses and extra money for hitting certain, you know, statistical figures. So there's a bunch of them out there. You've probably seen them, but one that I really, really like going back to the Lions Packers game, um, you know, you want to avoid it. There's a bunch for the Jaguars, but like you would imagine they're not trying to feed certain players to make them money when they're trying to make the playoffs. So avoid things like that. There's a charger, a couple chargers ones that I like, but I don't know if they're going to have anything to play for because Ravens Bengals at one o'clock and they're at four 30. And so if the Ravens lose, then the Chargers probably will just sit everyone. That's why the spread is now plus two and a half. They were minus two and a half. Uh, I think Brandon Staley just came out and said that. So anyway, Khalif Raymond for the Detroit Lions, none of that applies. And he has 550 receiving yards right now. He gets 250 grand for 600. So he's 50 yards away. He is a deep shot guy. He is a speedster, a lot out of the slot, but kind of line him up all over. Um, I would go longest reception there. You could go for the yardage prop, which would hit the actual incentive. But I also like a longest reception there. 
try to hit him on a bomb, and maybe he gets a 50-yard catch. That's my favorite of all the incentive props you're going to see out there. By the way, place that you can go find this list of incentives, the Printing Press Discord. I should have mentioned this at the top, but we've got a cool little group hanging out in there, passing around information as it comes up, uh, profiting off of the closing line value that uh, Tej brought up at the uh, at the outset here. Um, the link will be in the description of the YouTube video. And if you can't find it there, uh, look on Twitter. Uh, both Brad and myself have tweeted it out. Um, Tej, I don't know if you're in there yet. Um, I don't know if we've gotten you as part of the Printing Press Discord, but you need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a fun little place. And all of those incentives um, Brad has uh, outlined in uh, in one of the, the, the chats there. Okay, my next one. I am gonna save my teaser that I have uh, for last. I just, I can see it. I'm manifesting it. I I love the Rams. I am so, I just, nothing gives me more life than people on the internet. So mad that the Seahawks are getting screwed because the Lions are on Sunday night football. Maybe they should have won another game. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> like if you don't control your own destiny, you don't control your own destiny. Stop complaining. But all of this complaint about, well, I mean, if the Seahawks win then the Lions have nothing to play for, and then, you know, they might not try hard enough and beat Aaron Rodgers. Go beat the Rams. Okay. Go beat the Rams. Why don't you do that first? Rams, Baker, and McVay have only, there's no reason for them to lose this game. Baker is going to be super incentivized. And we've seen this game play out before. The Seahawks are not a team that's going to go cover six and a half. They're going to team that's going to cover when they are a three-point underdog. And so um, in this spot, I just absolutely love the Rams plus six and a half. If it were, you know, I'm going to bet a little bit plus 240 on Rams money line as well. Of course, we try to give, you know, minus 110 bets for the lock, but that is my next bet. Tej, I think you have one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I mean, you're giving me hope there. And I can kind of see that angle with with the the Rams and the Seahawks game because, you know, Seahawks haven't played that well these past couple of weeks other than the, the blip against the Jet, the Jets last week. And McVay has kind of owned Pete Carroll, uh, if yep. you, you know, if you're into that type of stuff too. So I hope you're right about that. I, I would love for Sunday Night Football to be a win and end game. So, so we'll have to see. Uh, the, the last bet I have is... A uh, player prop that's not out yet, but I, you know, I think we'll it'll be around his average yardage for the season yet. I I really like Justin Jefferson over receiving yards this week, and you know, based on what happened last week, where Justin Jefferson was pretty much embarrassed by Jair Alexander and the Green Bay Packers defense, I think that to get his confidence back up or just to get his juices flowing going into the playoffs, I think the Vikings are going to target him a lot. And I watched the Bears live last week, and they have an awful passing defense right now since trading away Robert Grant and, and Roquan Smith. And I think it's, you know, this eight-week stretch might be historically bad. I think Jefferson can really go to town on this entire secondary, get a lot of explosive plays that put him over the the receiving prop when it comes out. So I don't know exactly what the number is, but based on what it is, I, I think, it, you know, most people should bet it uh, when it's when the sportsbooks release it. It's too low is what it is. <laughs> It's way too low against this Bears secondary right now. Um, I know we're pushing for a, a six-pack here. I don't want to force it. I am all tapped out of play. Okay. Unfortunately, none of the games matter. So Give me the floor, Brad. Let get your boy there. cook. Yeah, please. Okay? Please. <laughs> let, me, let me get in the kitchen here. Um, I, you thought I was going to like close out the regular season without a teaser. You were wrong. Another team 
that has no pick to play for. Gosh, who could that be? Oh, the Denver Broncos. Who is trying to rationalize trading away that pick? Oh, their quarterback. Who are they playing? The Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers, uh, I think, are, you know, do they have anything to play for? No, not really. But the Broncos are not that good of a team. They, they just simply are not. Now, I will change this if, Brad, you tell me that you think the Chargers are going to rest people. Is that something that you anticipate happening? So Staley basically said, based on the, the result of the one o'clock games, we'll make decisions. Which oh, really? Is, yeah. ah, so because oh, okay. if the Ravens ah. lose, then the Chargers then they the don't. Yeah. Okay. So we'll pivot from that one. That's okay. Uh, well, actually, we'll erase that. We'll pretend I didn't even say it. Um, and what we'll, what we'll go with is Vikings tease down to one and a half and Browns. I think that was yours, uh, yep. Brad, at the yep. beginning. I like that. I was going to try and differentiate from that one with Browns and uh, and Chargers there. But if the Chargers might not play their guys, we don't want to do that. So um, we'll go with, uh, I, I love that one, Browns and Vikings. I'm trying to think if there's any other legs that we could introduce here, um, you know, that, that could be interesting. Texans out to plus eight and a half. It's another yeah. opportunity. Um, Miami, I don't, you know, a little Skylar Thompson action. All jokes aside, I've been too sarcastic this episode, but all jokes aside, he, he's not that bad. <laughs> the, the Dolphins almost put him ahead of Teddy, Teddy at one point this year. Wow. Um, I think he could cover a uh, full touchdown at home. I don't know. Up to seven. Uh, you also have Cowboys down to one and a half against Wentz. No, is against it Wentz? Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell is playing. Sam Howell's playing. Yeah. Maybe that's why I moved that's... from yeah, four to seven and a half, which still that maybe... again, another bizarre spread. It was six, went down to four, and now it's seven and a half. Um, I like that. I like that that both of those Cowboys and Vikings legs down to one and a half. I like. Okay. There we go. Uh Cowboys and Vikings down to one and a half. Okay. Let's uh let's get these together here. Um Tage, where is your what are your couple of your favorites here? Yeah, I, I mean, I I loved a lot of the teasers. Uh, Brad's Titans plus six, I think it was, right, right Brad? Uh, J- yeah, Jaguars and Browns teaser. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I, I really like that. Okay. So we have, we can do Jags, uh, Browns, and then we could still do Vikings, Cowboys if we want to double tease it up. Mm-hmm. Double tease. I love that. Okay. Which okay. I think we will will do. Why not? Double tease. Uh, I like, I really like the Jefferson redemption game here. Yeah. It's the pairs. I love that. Um, the only thing I want to check, is there any weather? No uh, weather in any, any of the games that's notable as of beautiful. right now. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Yep. So we've got two teasers. We've got Jefferson over whatever the hell it is receiving yards. Um, I love your Rams pick. I do. I was going to take it. That was my last, that was my last choice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one as well. Yeah, Rams. It's plus the classic, six. like you know, everyone's gonna bet Seahawks because they need it more. I love Jalen Ramsey on DK. Tyler Lockett, I think, did finally practice today, but he's trending towards, I think, probably not being a full contributor. So I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think we close it out with one of our old favorites, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half. <laughs> yes, yeah. the bread he's and been, butter. He's been so good to us. He's been so good to us. Uh, Tej. I, I don't I don't know how we can fade your Lions. I don't know how we can do it. Okay, I'll I'll emotionally fade them myself and uh and put the bet down. So, but that doesn't have to be an official lock there. Okay. Do we real quick? I know you already said earlier, but 
think about it. Would you actually rather have the game just be the Lions can't get in the playoffs and you're just rooting for yeah. them to keep the Packers out? Or do you want right. the full suspense and tension <laughs> of trying to get in? It's, it's it's a fair question, I think. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I, I want the full suspense. Now that the, the 49ers, Georgia 49ers are the two seed instead of the Vikings, I think there's less appeal to getting the seven seed. When the Vikings were there, I could talk myself into Lions going to the divisional mm-hmm. round. Now, even if, you know, Lions, very low probability of getting in, but even if they get in, there's not much of a chance there anyways. So, you know, I think I think either way works. Just as long as they win and they keep uh, Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs, I, I, that would make me pretty happy. Do we like – um... George, hold on. I have your favorite stat of the year for you coming in right, yes. right here. You mentioned the 49ers, so I got to do it. Shout out Jay Gray on Twitter because he, he was putting these out. So – Brock Purdy now has 10 touchdown passes in his five San Francisco 49ers starts. Brock Purdy has more touchdown passes than any Jets quarterback since 2019. Wow. That's a real stat. Wow. Not cumulative, obviously, but in that particular season. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I loved that guy. I can't wait. Uh, Stadium swim, Super Bowl, Niners. It's going to be a a Brock party is what we're going to call it. Um, (laughs) It's going to be absolutely insane. I can't wait. Uh, Should we throw uh, one of these overs in? Chiefs, Raiders. I like Tage's first half play a lot there. Mm -hmm. Over 26 now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think this will get us there. We've got uh, first teaser is, is it Jags, uh, Browns? Jags, Browns. Yep. Jags, Browns. We have Vikings, Cowboys. Those are the two teasers. We have Justin Jefferson over receiving yards. We have Rams plus six and a half. And we have Chiefs Raiders first half over 26 and a half points. Beautiful six pack. I don't think <laughs> we'll do around at the grocery store. Beautiful. <laughs> bring it, bring it to the bra, bring it to uh, watch Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl. It'll be great. <laughs> Uh, Tej, we always appreciate you. Enjoy watching your Lions hang a banner in one way, shape, or form this weekend. And we will see all the members of the Printing Press on Sunday night live. Love you. Peace.